Hi there, and welcome to Inspire Connect Grow, a podcast for creatives and social media marketers seeking intention, freedom, and guidance in the world of social media marketing. I'm Jessica Howell, your host and founder of Social Studio Shop. Collectively, we can inspire community, curate authentic connections, and grow online through purpose-driven strategy. Let's Inspire Connect Grow together. On today's episode of the Inspire Connect Grow podcast, we're switching things up a bit. I'll be welcoming on Emily from our team to chat about posting online as you or your brand. Now, if you've ever caught yourself flip-flopping between referring to yourself as the me versus the we, our hope is that this episode will shed some light as to which perspective might be best for you and your brand. Plus, as a bonus, this topic will be a two-parter. For today, we'll be focusing primarily on the mindset, including the importance of developing your social voice, the impact that it has on your marketing message, and more importantly, how that message is received by your community. We'll also talk about the many pros and cons that you can run into when it comes to posting as yourself versus your brand perspective as well as how to navigate each perspective so that no matter which side of the equation you find yourself leaning toward, you will leave this episode feeling more confident and more comfortable in your choice. And then stay tuned, Socialite, because part two is going to get into the strategy. We'll share with you examples of our favorite accounts who are doing things right and really rocking the you perspective and the brand perspective. We'll share with you actionable tips that you can get started with right away in your own voice development, plus a few tricks that you can adopt to keep your voice consistent across the board. All right, Socialite, I hope you have a fresh coffee in hand. Let's dive into part one. Socialites, I'm so excited for you to meet one of our team members, Emily, who's joining on today to give us a second perspective. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm so excited to be here and share a little bit about what we're going to talk about. So before I dive in and before we get into kind of the nitty and gritty today, um, I want to pause here and just share with our audience a little bit about our motivation behind today's episode and why we decided to do things just a little bit differently. So you guys know that we're going to be talking today all about developing your social media voice and really determining which perspective is right for you. So today we're going to be talking about two different types of perspectives, the you perspective versus the brand perspective. So in light of this duality, Emily and I thought that it would make perfect sense if we came on here and we were able to teach from two different perspectives. So you guys are going to get to hear from both sides of the spectrum today. And so today is really going to be more about an open conversation between Emily and I. You may hear us at some points agreeing on some things and then maybe even disagreeing. Our hope for you today is that you leave this episode with tips tricks, and mindset to empower your unique social voice, rise above the noise with confidence, and just do you with clarity. Okay, so that was the motivation. That's the method to the madness. Um, And also partially selfishly, because I just thought it would be fun to introduce you guys to another person on our team and and somebody who I really enjoy working with. So Emily, that's you. And I would love if you could share with our socialites a little bit more about you, your background, and how you came to work with the team. Sure. So I'm actually relatively new to the Southern California area. I'm originally from an East Coast, uh, from a small state of Connecticut. And I moved out here originally to volunteer for a global anti-human trafficking organization. Wow. Uh, I had been out of college for a little while and was looking for something new to do. It was supposed to be a temporary adventure for the summer, and it has turned into almost two years and counting. <laughs> um, so I really learned to just love Southern California and all that it has to offer, which is so much. And um, during my time with the organization, I was in their communications department managing a few of their social media platforms. And it was really a challenging experience to step into the voice and branding of such a large organization with a following of almost 100K speaking from a, or speaking about a pretty sensitive social issue. Uh, so it was definitely a learning curve. And while I was doing that, I was also working virtually for a small business on the East Coast doing some blog and social media management. 
going back to my college years a little bit, I always juggled a number of different internships and jobs where I would primarily manage their social media accounts. And um, a few years ago, social media was in such a different place, as we all know, and it has grown exponentially in such a short time. So true. Um, if you can imagine, when I was in college, just learning about public relations, that's what I graduated with, positions in social media were not yet a thing. And companies who had saw some importance to being on it handed it to me, which I was just an intern. Uh, whereas now large companies have entire teams just for social media and their marketing department. So it's, it's a funny thing, but, um, in many classes during college, we even discussed whether or not companies and brands should be on social media and how things have shifted fast forward, you know, um, and so now many smaller companies and startup businesses realize the importance of social media marketing, but these creatives and entrepreneurs are tired and exasperated and so ready to hand it off to someone else sometimes because it is such, it's something that, you know, really requires full-time attention. So for about the last year and a half, I've been working with small startups and businesses managing their social media, but it wasn't until relatively recently that I have done it in a full-time capacity. I wouldn't consider myself the expert, but compared to small business <laughs> owners that I work with who are wearing about 10 different hats every day in order to keep their businesses sustainable, um, I have the time and energy to devote to crafting a strategy that works for them and executing it while staying educated on all the constant changes that each platform comes with, which we know is pretty often. And um, since I've mainly been, a, you know, just doing it on my own, I've often had to seek out my own growth to learning about everything from branding, graphic design, social media, all the algorithms that have, you know, come in the last year or so. The list can really go on. And for the past few years, I've followed Social Studio Shop, and it has been such a source of um, just education and learning and growing because um, you guys are just, you have amazing resources. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. Well, you're part of that girlfriend. And <laughs> yes. I like to say that. We do the homework for people. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it's, it's actually really, really, really helpful. So... Um, I know Jess and I, we met at a networking event in, for creatives in San Diego about la last, last summer. Yes. I'm sure it was last summer. And you know yeah. what? It's so funny because that event was actually geared to talking about representing your brand on yeah. social media. Yes. So it's kind of funny how mm -hmm. this is literally coming full circle today. For sure. <laughs> and I just, I just love that. Yeah, a few months later, I think we started working together. And for all you socialized listening, I am now um, a community cultivator for Social Studio Shop, uh, managing some pieces of social media. So sometimes I'm on our Instagram, interacting with you guys, and it's been it's been really fun to learn and grow uh, with Social Studio Shop. Well. Yeah. And then to give you a little bit more of a look behind the curtain, Socialites, Emily has also recently just dove into stepping into the social studio shop voice, um, helping us post on Instagram. Um, and she's also doing a couple other things. So yes, that's yeah. one of the elements that we're going to be talking about today later in this episode is how we have set her up for success so yeah. that she can easily step into that role. And of course, like most things, there's a bit of a transitional period, um, a bit of a learning curve for everyone involved. But mm -hmm. um, but I think that we've done a pretty decent job um, giving you the tools that you need to step into that voice. So we'll talk about some of that later on. But I do do want to dive into kind of just our first topic today, which is simply the importance of developing your voice for social media. So um, one thing that Emily and I both did for this episode is that we made kind of our own notes because again, we want to give you guys two different perspectives. So I'll go ahead and let Emily take the floor for a second and then I might dive in here to share with you some of my own thoughts as to why it is so important for you um, to do kind of some of this prep work so that you can really develop a cohesive, consistent, and uniform voice that is also unique to you. So Emily, go ahead and take it away. Yeah. So I think it's developing your voice really comes with sitting down and kind of like pinpointing 
you know, who you want to sound like, what you want to look like for your brand, um, and, and kind of communicate that to the world. You know, social media is such a platform where we communicate visual aspects of what we do and what we offer and what we sell. But I think also like the way we sound is very important. Uh, and having a recognizable voice for your followers and for your audience is so important because they can identify who you are. Are you, you know, the witty company that likes to use a lot of emojis and be very colorful? Or are you more of the serious educational type of voice that offers a lot of tips and tricks, but is a little bit more on the professional side because that's the nature of your business. Uh, it, it really falls into such a big piece of your branding and, um, it should be really consistent and cohesive with what you also look like and, um, developing a voice that is distinct and consistent, also relevant and relatable can sometimes be challenging, um, for a small business who might be just getting off the ground going, or maybe you're like an individual, you don't necessarily have, um, you know, a business or you're behind something that is a company face, it's, it's, you're an individual. So you might talk like what you look, you know, talk like what you talk like in person. And so, um, but still developing a distinct and memorable expressive voice on social media is, is pretty important to your followers that they can recognize who you are and identify what you stand for and what your values are through that voice. Um, so I, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah. I just love what you were mentioning there from the very beginning, Emily of, um, you know, your voice really extends to, to more than just the words, to more than just the adjectives that, that you commonly use. It's really a, a mixture of your visual voice. So what mm-hmm. your, what your imagery, as you had mentioned, your emojis, the characters you use, as well as you know, some of the, those verbal cues that you would use to describe. And then it's also, you know, the, the kind of the, the voice that you develop is, is a two-way street. So it's not only yeah. one that you feel confident in, but it's one that your audience can clearly pinpoint, they can clearly recognize. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's only really one of those sides that we can control, right? So the, the opposite right. end of that stick is something that is left up to our audience to subjectively decide. Um, but the first part of it, we can definitely... Um, control this as much as we can. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about some of these, some of these ways that you can control your voice moving forward. But I just want to pause here to highlight a couple more things of what I personally find very important from a brand perspective in terms of developing your voice. And Emily touched on this a little bit, but, but one thing that becomes very clear when you develop your voice, it can be kind of like this guiding light, almost as if your, your voice becomes the lighthouse and it's going to be what attracts your people, your community, boats floating out there in the big wide open mm-hmm. ocean um, to, to finding you and to connecting with you and to getting to where you want them to go. And listening to you. So that's really kind of step one is just understanding the importance that your voice is what is going to make you different. It's what's going to make you stand out. It's also that factor that is going to help you develop what we in the marketing world like to call um, the like, know, and the trust factor with your audience. So what does this look like? It's essentially that um, that familiarity piece, that recognition um, that I know what's coming from this brand, from this person, is the truth, and I like this person, this brand, because of X, Y, Z, whatever reasons that might be. And your voice is really kind of that constant connector that threads all the pieces together, all your marketing messages, so that everything does become consistent. Um, and you're not just jumping all over the place. It's it's that thing that that instant recognition, really, kind of that first impression that people know. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue listening to this person. And it's also something that can help save you time when it comes time to actually posting online. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure some of our socialites can relate to this, and even you, Emily. Um, Absolutely. When it comes time to jumping onto Instagram, because you know this is a great time for you to be posting, and what the heck do you say? Well, mm-hmm. your voice is one of those kind of boundaries, those guidelines, that's going to help you figure out what it is you can say. So it really kind of puts all the 
all the thoughts <laughs> totally. into a nice little pretty box that is just a little bit easier to navigate. Um, finally, kind of the last thing that I think it's really good for is that not only does it help save you time, it also gives you a sense of gratification. It's something that you can feel like when you are going out there to say something online that whatever it is you're saying is true to you. It's not something that you have to feel an imposter syndrome with. Um, it's not something that you have to compete with others with or feel envious about others with because you have sat down intentionally to map out exactly who you are, who your brand is, who your audience, your community is, and what that relationship, what you want really your brand to look like as a whole. So it gives you kind of this greater sense of confidence, um, kind of like putting on that trusty pair of jeans, which you know looks amazing on you. Um, it's kind of like that, where you just feel like you're stepping into something that is cozy, comfortable, and, and you know it's gonna look great on you. Yeah, Jess, I actually love that last point you made because I feel like for whether it's social media marketing or even, you know, this falls into your email marketing, it falls into so many other like aspects of your marketing as a business to know your voice is just, it gives you like an internal sense of like, okay, is this who we are? Is this falling into what we want to stand for? What we want to sound like, how we want to represent ourselves to the rest of the world and communicate what we do and our mission. And so I feel like it's such, um, it comes back to like center you in a sense because absolutely it's, it just is the voice and personality of your business. Totally. So really here, it's almost like your inner compass Mm -hmm. just as much as it is your outer lighthouse to your audience. I, I love that idea. Totally. That's such a good analogy. So Emily, share with me how we can kind of position ourselves as the you or the brand perspective. Sure. I honestly think, you know, voice for all that we've talked about and mentioned already, it really has a lot to do with how your audience will perceive your brand, your business, or even you as an individual. Um, this is you talking and this is you talking for, for your brand and business or for you as just maybe someone who's using this as a personal, um, promotional marketing piece for, for maybe your blog or what you do personally, um, and so I think if you're talking from first person, as if you are just talking from the you perspective, uh, they are really going to relate to you in a personal way with whatever you share that is personal about you. And they're going to connect with your reputation, your expertise in whatever field you're in, and maybe even the personality of who you are. They're going to say, hey, I really like this girl or, you know, whoever this is, I connect with, um, you know, maybe the fact that she went on a vacation and I went there or they're going to connect with you in a personal way way. And, and so crafting a voice around the you perspective is very personal and um, allows people to just be drawn to you in that way. Whereas if you're speaking as a brand perspective, they're going to look at you as a business. So maybe they um, are going to consider you as a voice of authority with whatever you, whatever field you're in. Um, that's really backed up by your company values and your mission and your goals. And, and so you might have, you know, you might be the main person or maybe you are the startup and you are the one person doing everything in your business, but, um, people are still going to view you as kind of like a wall of a company, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Um, that, that entity perspective. Right. Yes, exactly. And so, um, you know, when they're viewing you or, you know, on social media, they are going to consider your perspective, your insight, your advice. Um, I feel like as more as more of as a developed way of thinking versus an opinion, which might, you know, if you're speaking from first person or the you perspective, it might sound more of an opinion or what you think or what you like um, versus the brand. So 
for Social Studio Shop, I know that you know our values are to inspire and connect and grow, and everything we do really centers around those values. Absolutely. Um, and for those socialites that follow us on Instagram, I know that uh, you know when uh, Jess pops in and kind of speaks from her own personal uh, opinion or standpoint or wants to offer some advice, she always does tie it back to our values, but um, we know that our socialites really connect with her person personality and her person. And, and engage because of that. Um, so sometimes seeing the person who started it all and their passion gives validity to a brand who might be speaking from a brand perspective as well. Totally. So I'm excited to dive into this because it's actually something that you and I talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and I have conversations about this same idea of, okay, well, if we're looking at this, what perspective does Social Studio Shop fall under? And it's actually kind of like this nice little even dance that we do. Right. So a lot of the things that we share, so certain components of our marketing, like our newsletter, like our Twitter account, and our Facebook page, those type of avenues, we really tend to stick from the brand perspective. And then for our Instagram account in particular, we like to dance in between the two. And that probably mm-hmm. has, um, you know, kind of more to do with the fact that I'm diving into Instagram quite a lot. And uh, let's face it, I have a lot to say. So <laughs> I like to have that kind of touch point, that direct line of communication with our audience from that particular avenue. So I like to switch back and forth between that you perspective and that brand perspective. Um, for me, because I've been doing this for years and years, it's quite easy for me to jump back and forth between the two. But I will say there's just some days where I feel like, you know what, I need to come from the Jess voice. I need to peel back the curtain a little bit more. And, and Emily, you had mentioned this earlier in that the you perspective, the first person, is really all about sharing your personality. This is where really that trust, like, and no factor comes in. And it really comes from the heart-centered approach where you are sharing your story, your background, your core values. So with the first perspective, Emily, something that we tend to do is slip into this space of vulnerability and uh, have our voice more from a standpoint of authenticity. And this can definitely be something that our community, as you said, really relates from. It's It's a space where we are sharing our own opinions. And then on the opposite spectrum of that, we have the brand voice. And that really is coming from a certain point of authority, of um, a a credibility standpoint. And this is something from early on that I knew I wanted Social Studio Shop to become more than just myself, to extend more to than just my own voice. Mm -hmm. So from the get-go, I made this choice that we were going to be a we (laughs) instead of an I. So that's kind of where... I came from <laughs> and the totally. development of this voice. And you're right, when we're coming from the brand perspective, we're really speaking toward our core values as a company and not just my personal values, right? If if right, we right. if we were just talking about my personal values, then our entire Instagram feed would be Gracie all day long. <laughs> um And with this brand perspective does come kind of a sense of security, a little bit more of a wall, kind of a not necessarily, I guess a boundary is not the best way to look at it, but it is a little bit more of um, an intentional kind of secure distance a little bit. Mm -hmm. There are some moments where I'll jump in and share kind of a a deeper peek behind the curtain into my life, but I do, do still keep up this sense of security. And I think that has more to do with the fact that our brand has been established and you know I I suppose that there is there's only so much transparency so much open on honestness really that I feel like needs to be portrayed to our community because of the way that we've established ourselves as a brand and Emily you've seen the outlines that we've made in the fact that you know our our brand voice is upbeat it's positive it's encouraging Mm -hmm. Um, so some of the things that we've outlined with who our brand is, who our voice is, that doesn't necessarily lend itself to 
oh gosh, let me hop on here and tell you about my terrible day. And, you know, it just doesn't really lend itself for, right. for that. So I would say that's kind of some of those major differences between the you versus the brand perspective that, that we intentionally set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So while we're talking about the major differences here, let's dive into some of the pros and cons of each perspective. We kind of touched on this a little bit, and I, I do want to dive in here and let our socialites know that this little pros and cons list that we've made, we've actually done this for a client before. Isn't that right, mm-hmm. Emily? Didn't we yes. do this for a client previously? Yeah, pretty recently we we were discussing this very thing and kind of deciding where that client should go. And um, that's kind of where I feel like this was born a little bit. It really was. So I think that this is a great process that you can walk through not only at the beginning of your kind of social journey. So to give you more information, this client that we were helping develop a voice for was starting at square one. <laughs> they didn't exactly. have an Instagram account. They have a Twitter, had a Twitter account, but they weren't necessarily posting from a marketing perspective. So we started with the pros and cons list from square one. But as a company that's kind of been established, or as a person, a maker, a creative, a blogger, this is also a great little exercise that you can go through just to make sure that you have your guidelines in place. It's also a good opportunity if you are in the point of transition and if you're, mm-hmm. if you're not exactly feeling confident in the voice that you've developed so far. Okay, so Emily, I'm gonna let you start. Let's talk about some of the pros from posting from the you perspective. Okay, so I think with the you perspective, your voice really may come more natural to you or easier to find as you may talk the way you talk in person. Um, And so when it's it's coming to writing a caption or writing your email branding or whatever it is for your marketing, uh, your audience may really be able to relate to you more because you... um, it's, you're talking from your voice, which is just natural to find. Uh, a lot of times I feel like creating a voice for your brand is like assigning a personality to your brand. Um, but when it's yourself, if it's your, you as an individual, like you said, a creative or maybe a blogger, you are speaking from the standpoint where you might just be speaking like you talk in person and who you are as a person. And so everything you communicate out of that voice will be consistent with who you are, but also probably expressive with the personality that you have. And so um, I think some of the pros to that are your audience may really feel more drawn to you, um, whether it's even buying into the product that you sell or maybe the service that you have created because they relate to you from a personal standpoint. Um, and so that might be the, the, you know, the bait, if you will, um, to, to kind of tie them in if they relate to you in a personal way, um, Another pro I think that is definitely um, a part of the you perspective is that you are the recognizable face of your business um, or whatever it is that you do. Uh, Even with your handle, if it's your name versus like a business or a studio or a um, cooperative or whatever it might be, people will be more drawn to maybe the name that you have created, which is just your name. Um, I feel like your business may be a little bit more reachable since uh, they might be connected to you as a person rather than the wall of the business, as we mentioned before. Um, And because of that, there might be a little bit of a higher engagement rate on social media, depending on whether or not the community that you've created is a community of people that really connect with who you are. Um, and I think this also builds leadership and credibility for, for you as a person. Um, if you plan to, you know, develop whatever you do into a business, people will really trust what you have to say and what you do and maybe what you sell or the service that you offer because, um, of the personality that you have, the reputation that you've created for yourself. So Definitely. I love what you just said, Emily, about this gives you the opportunity as one single person to build your credibility. And that was something that we really flip-flopped between when we were kind of considering, okay, this new client um, is an author and they're wanting to sell their first book. So for us, we knew that from the get-go, we needed to establish the author first before we could establish the brand of the book, right? Right, right. 
And then I also love what you had mentioned in terms of the, the, the easy nature of really stepping into your personal brand because it really is, there's almost no distinction. There's almost no finite line that there is when you have a brand voice because you as a person, you are your brand when you're speaking right. from that pers- first perspective. And then I also really appreciate how you had mentioned that the brand perspective is really like assigning yourself a, a, a personality. It's almost like at first that you're kind of putting on a touch of a, a facade. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about how you can feel less of a fake with this right? <laughs> later on. But stepping into your own vo- voice is just, it is your face, really, to the world. It's you walking out into the world just speaking your own marketing message. So it does become more natural. It becomes easier to establish because it's almost something that you're not even establishing. It's just something that you're recognizing, right? And then, of course, as you mentioned, from an audience perspective, it's certainly something that is more relatable, more trustworthy, more personable. I know personally that I happen to relate a little bit more from the you perspective as I am using social media from a user perspective. When I see that a brand voice is speaking as an entity, there, there is a little bit of that kind of that obstacle there um, that it just takes a little bit more time to develop trust with a brand. So for the you perspective, not only is it easier to develop, it's also easier to communicate over a shorter amount of time than it would be for your brand. And side note, Jess, I think um, it's also important for if you are using the you perspective to still kind of pinpoint what your voice wants to sound like or what you want it to sound like. Because um, even if we are talking naturally or like it might be easier to find because it's just identifiable with who we are. Um, I don't know about you, but I have met people that, you know, I might follow on Instagram or, you know, watch their stories and they're, they're talking and, and then you meet them in person and they're very different or they sound very different. Absolutely. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, is, <laughs> it, it, something isn't cohesive. Something isn't consistent. Is that how you are? Or maybe, maybe you were just having a bad day or, um, but I think it still is important to sit down and kind of pinpoint some of these values um, of who you, you want to be and who you want to sound like, even if it is from the you perspective and easier to find as it might be your own voice. Absolutely. Well, as you said, it, it's kind of like, well, even though you are talking from, from your first, first perspective, from yourself, your voice, it's not as if you would necessarily represent your business voice as, right. as if you were just talking to your girlfriend on a wine night. You, you kind of want to, and I know there are some people out there who would disagree with this, so bear in mind, <laughs> disclaimer, this is my personal <laughs> opinion, that you, you do want to censor just, just a touch. Maybe you want to think of it as having a conversation with your grandmother <laughs> right. as opposed to your best gal pal after, you know, three glasses of wine deep, right? Right. <laughs> um, so those are all some good things to consider. What about some of the cons, Emily, from speaking from the you perspective? You know, I think that a lot of people like to confuse. I am glad you brought up this point a second ago of just there is a difference between maybe your voice and maybe your professional voice or the voice that is representing your brand, which even if you're an individual and you're speaking from the you perspective, you are essentially speaking for your business or whatever it is you do. And so, um, I think some people like to kind of merge that a little bit and it gets a little cloudy. And so that goes over into the category of you might not be able to communicate your um, your brand or your business or your services the way um, that's clear to maybe your followers because you want to share a lot of personal things, even if it is your you perspective. And so I think really honing down into what you actually want to share, what's going to be the best for um, your business, or at least tying it back into your values and your mission and your goals is definitely important. And so with I guess a con to maybe the you perspective is it can get a little muddy if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. There's, yeah. it, it's hard, and I had kind of mentioned this, that there's not necessarily that clear distinction, that, that hard line between what is your 
personal voice? What is your business voice from the you perspective? So you said it exactly. Yeah. I also think that with the growth of social media uh, in the last number of years, uh, people used to use social media just for strictly personal use. And then it really kind of evolved and shifted over to this place where businesses joined and kind of started using that as a marketing tool. And I think small businesses kind of jump on board and that's awesome. We have so many business tools that are available to us as small businesses and individuals that have businesses. Um, but I think people now also, you know, may have had a personal account that want to shift over to maybe a business account or shift to, okay, now I want to, I, now I want to develop my brand or move over to this other, um, entity type of wall of a business, um, which is awesome because that, you know, signifies a lot of growth. But I think also with that comes a shift in what you might need to sound like because it's not speaking from a person perspective anymore. It might be shifting over to this other place. Exactly. Well, that kind of makes me think of first person perspectives from a company standpoint. Like for example, um, I know that Trello sends out their newsletters from the point of Taco, which is a team member of theirs. And I'll be candid in saying that I don't necessarily look through all their emails, but I know that every email comes, this is from Taco, from Trello. Hey, it's Taco here. Um, And there's also been, for example, just some more instances like Twitter accounts that have been um, from the support perspective um, from a certain set of team members. Maybe that's, for example, tweets coming from Holly, Sally, Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really where there has been a trend. There, there was a point where, um, where brands recognize the power of sharing from a first perspective and that the way it, it can be easier to resonate with your community than it might be from speaking just the entity perspective. But you're right. In terms of future growth, it doesn't necessarily leave you a ton of room for development. What if Taco decides to up and leave Trello? And then where is Trello going to be at in their email marketing strategy? They're going to need to find somebody that can develop a trust, a like, know, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. Um, The same goes for you know, anyone that is speaking from the you perspective, what happens two years down the line when you're no longer a solopreneur? You're not just a one woman shop. You have other people who are helping you like Emily is helping with our company. So from that one person, that you perspective, that's going to be harder for Emily to step into and anyone that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. One more con that I see here is that from the you perspective, it is so much easier for you to mirror or to kind of fake or borrow whatever word you want to use from other you perspectives. I'll see, for example, there's one blogger in particular that I think has such a distinctive voice. And I've talked about her a little bit, um, not necessarily in this podcast, but on our Instagram account. And that is Lauren Everts from The Skitty Confidential. And she has such a easygoing kind of, not blasé, but off-the-cuff voice. And she uses certain phrases, certain tones in her language that... I have found myself using in my own life because I, I, I listen to her and I follow her. It's kind of like um, I went to Chicago for a couple years in college and after a long semester I came home for Christmas and all of my friends said, you sound different. They noticed that I was dragging out my A's and my O's and Chicago was no longer Chicago, it was Chicago. (laughs) So I just adopted that voice because it was what I was surrounded with. So I think that the same kind of phenomenon can happen online when you're speaking from the you perspective, which is why it is so important that you map out what is specific to you, what are your kind of core values and how you want to sound as opposed to anyone else out there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay, socialites, so I think you guys have enough on your pros and cons list so far, at least from our different perspectives. Um, what we do want you guys to do following up this episode is go ahead and make your own list for your own pros and cons. There definitely might be something that we didn't talk about as of today that you might be considering as a factor of whether or not you want to continue from the you perspective or establish yourself as the you perspective. So now we talked about one end of the stick let's go on over to the other side and that is the brand perspective so Emily share with me what in your opinion are some of the pros of establishing yourself as a brand perspective absolutely I know we touched on your brand um, as far as developing your voice uh, and having it be a place of authority um, which that is definitely a pro I guess from a brand perspective uh, because I think people often look to a company or a brand to for as a as a resource. Um, not that they wouldn't do that if you were of an individual, but I think that a brand definitely has that wall that we talked about before um, with how people view it as just a, a voice of authority. Um, I think there is this assumption that many people that are maybe behind the brand who are skilled, knowledgeable, uh, essentially experts in whatever you do or sell. Um, maybe you are a startup and you are the only person wearing the 10 hats, but um, with the brand, I think there is this assumption that people do think that a lot of people are kind of the working parts behind it. Um, and so not that you can't do this with your personal, but a brand has values, missions, and goals that they identify with in a very strong way or should. Um, and since there's not a face like a personal perspective or from the you perspective, those aspects are what people identify with so that they know your values, mission, and goals in such a strong way. And so connecting with that, I think, um, if they are looking to you for as a place of authority for your opinion or your advice or your input or to even buy into your product, there is a little bit of validity there that has that place of, of authority like we're talking about. Um, and I think with that, community can be a little bit easier to create versus a person uh, if done in the right way because um, it is kind of like authority and then there is this group that kind of attracts to it because it's coming for advice, help, seeking um, resources that you may offer or services that you provide. And so um, the community around it might be a little bit more um, robust, if you will. I would agree with that. I think that there is something a little bit narcissistic about, <laughs> yeah, a little um, about developing a community from the you perspective. From the get-go, it is a little bit kind of uncomfortable. As I mentioned, the touch narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift really pulls this off, but she's Taylor Swift. So <laughs> <laughs> um, from a community standpoint, it is so much easier to kind of develop your groupies, I suppose, is a good word for it, um, when when you can have a bit more of this established voice, this credible point that a brand perspective would offer. Similar to you guys are socialites. I don't think from a personal perspective that I would have necessarily been able to develop the uh, the idea behind this community that has just snowballed because of the start of the resources that we offered as a brand and ultimately grew into a, really a society that is bigger and greater than us because of you guys, because of your support and your willingness to connect with each other. So coming from the brand perspective, you're almost offering up your platforms as essentially that, a platform, a comfortable environment, a space that your community can connect together. And that doesn't necessarily happen easily when you're coming from the you perspective. So I love that you mentioned that, Emily. Mm -hmm. Another pro that I see is great for the brand perspective is something that we've already discussed, and that is future growth. So if you have an idea that you plan to work as a team in the future, or maybe you're already working as a team, maybe you have contractors, part-time employees, whatever that might look like for the makeup of your company, 
if you do have more than one person involved, then speaking from the brand perspective is just going to be easier for everybody involved. This really allows for you to have the freedom to pivot in the future. This also allows for you to have kind of a combination of multiple you perspectives. So you guys will see this on our Instagram account in particular. You'll see Emily jumping in from her own perspective at times. And we're able to do this because we've established ourselves as a voice that jumps between the brand and the you perspective. And the brand just kind of opens itself up for multiple people jumping in to speak to that brand. Okay, so with of course the good, there's always the bad. Emily, what are some of the cons that we should be mindful of when we're trying to determine the you versus the brand perspective, but in particular the brand? Yeah, absolutely. I I really think that your brand um, may not feel as reachable or relatable to your followers depending on um, the voice that you might create or the voice that you have or just the lack of relatability um, that a brand can can kind of create for itself, if that makes sense. So I guess to put it in a little bit of context, um, you know, we were talking about the you perspective, uh, that it has maybe a more distinct personal voice that people can be drawn to. They might connect with something personally about you, uh, whereas the brand might feel a little bit kind of like unreachable. Um, it might feel a little bit kind of like uh, uh, an authority, like we talked about, but not in a good way. And so um, I really think that goes back to kind of creating a voice that that does represent your brand well, but also it, it is a little bit personable. It can be relatable and it can create that community that you really want to want to have. Um, I know recently we talked about on our blog quality over quantity. It, it is, it is essentially that you want to create quality with, um, with your social media that it's, it's not going to just attract a ton of people that, that won't really connect with who you are and what you offer and what your values are. You want to connect with people that, um, are drawn to you for the right reasons. And so um, I think I think something to that's really easy to slip into as a brand is that you don't achieve that relatability. Um, and so it's be careful, I guess, what you create uh, as your brand so people can be drawn to you, which is what you want. Definitely. Um, and I also think that because your brand does speak from that place of, of credibility and um, it kind of has that assumption behind it with, with your followers um, or your community, there is this pressure to kind of live up to that perception. Um, and not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but um, again, if you are a one-woman show or you are a small startup, um, that that can be a little bit of pressure on you to, to kind of fulfill that with your followers. Yep. I would agree with that completely, Emily. There, there is a little bit more pressure or, um, I suppose outside factors that play into the development of your brand voice. And this is something that as another con, it just simply takes more time. It's not something that is established overnight. It's something that really is in the working phase all the time. And I suppose mm -hmm. that could really be said from the you perspective as well, because your personal values change over time. Um, but more so with the, the brand voice, this is something that you're going to have to discover through the conversations through the relationships that you develop with your community online. And in fact, a lot of the times your community are going to be the, the people that point out what it is that makes your brand voice unique. Mm -hmm. And so an action item here would really be to ask people, what do they associate with your brand? What are some of the adjectives that come to their mind when they think of you? And that can just be a great little touch point, a little piece of homework that you can start with leaving this episode today. Of course, we are going to share more um, quick, actionable tips with you for the development for not only your brand voice, but also your voice from the you perspective in the second um, follow-up episode to this to this episode. So 
definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, we want to make sure that you guys get a chance to get that straight to your phone when it goes live. So make sure that you do subscribe to this podcast and you can do so by going to our Socialite show notes. Go ahead and head to socialstudioshop.com forward slash inspire connect grow podcast to subscribe and to tune in to that future episode as well as this one. Okay. And one thing that I want to dive back into here and just kind of revisit as our kind of last touch point here is that coming from the brand perspective can be quite challenging to maintain consistency. And you guys will even see this on our accounts when we are jumping back and forth from the you perspective versus the brand perspective. There are those days where it just feels more right to speak from the first person than it does Um, the second person as the brand. So developing consistency, not only on one single platform, but also developing consistency across platforms. Um, Emily, is that something that you have experienced in the past with um, other brands that you've worked with? Can it be challenging to maintain this consistency? I think it can be. It definitely can be, especially when it might be a one person behind the brand, Um, especially when it's content creation. Uh, I think it's easy to maybe show what you're selling or the product that you have or maybe the service that you offer or whatever it is you do. But um, like we talked about before, it sometimes gets muddy when you are kind of speaking maybe from the brand perspective, but you want to let in that personal touch, but it might be too confusing to your audience. And so I think it, it, it comes back to staying in line with who you are, what you want to sound like e- from either perspective. Um because I definitely think it can be a challenge for some people who who might not have sat down and kind of created that mission and value and what we what you stand for. Um, that's kind of like your 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 center, uh, which I know we'll talk about in the next episode a little bit on how you can do that and create that for yourself. But um, yes, I definitely think that it can be a challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. And just as Emily said, we are going to be bringing more to you guys, including examples of some brands that are really rocking this you perspective versus the brand perspective. We'll also be talking about some questions that you can be asking yourself in your development phase, um, as well as some tips for keeping your voice consistent, whether that's on one single platform or multiple platforms. Um, So that's all coming up soon in a future episode. Emily, for now, this has been such a blast. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your perspective. It's been so fun. Absolutely. It's been so fun to work together and kind of get to know um, you guys as socialites. Awesome. Well, with that, Emily, if our socialites do have some questions for you in particular, where can they find you online? Absolutely. You can most find me probably hanging out on Instagram. Um, my handle is probably going to be in show notes, but just so you guys know, it is Emmy Joy, E-M-M-Y-J-O. And then four Y's at the end. Thank you again, Emily. This is great. And we look forward to having you back um, here shortly. Absolutely. Wasn't that so fun, Socialite? Thank you so much for tuning in to our conversation. I hope you're just as excited as I am to tune in to that next episode. Be sure to visit socialstudioshop.com forward slash inspire connect grow podcast to learn more, say hello to Emily, and of course, subscribe to the podcast so you can be the first to know when part two goes live. Now, if you liked this episode, we would love to hear your thoughts. Please feel free to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget, you're also welcome to submit your socialite questions using the hashtag inspireconnectgrowpodcast. See you next time, Socialite, and remember, together we can inspire, connect, grow.